up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, ba, 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 ba. your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah. Oh, it's a new week, man. Yeah, you sound like a different person now. I do, man. Yeah. I do. Something's up. I realized also in the last episode, my my throat was a, not say my throat, just my voice. Talking too much. Eh? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe talking too much. I don't know. It's a, it's a bit huskier. I only realized it today. It's post-co-play. Post-co-play. You scream no, no, too much. Eh? Post-co-play. Is it? I mean, I had a bit like of a runny nose over the weekend. Mm. But now, I mean, my nose is fine. Yeah. But I think some 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 uh, trickle-down effects to my throat. Ah, uh, I see. But does it sound markedly different? Uh, Yeah, it does. Oh, is it? You sound uh, usually really very... uh. You know, bright and sprightly. Ah. Now it sounds like a grizzled old veteran. So like like basically you lah. Yeah. I see, I see. yeah, yeah. So Welcome we don't have the, the woo that kind of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without <laughs> that the zaniness lah. The, the zaniness. The zaniness you bring around with you. Huh? The mercurial the mercurial, mercurial aspect of the podcast. Yeah, you've aged. You've I've aged, aged man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have aged. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, show still has to go on. Show still goes on. Uh, how was your weekend, man? Uh, wow. This heat uh, is back mm. to its crazy self already. It is, man. Uh, I really had like the, the closest episode to like heat, heat exhaustion this weekend. Since army. Uh. Since army or something like, yeah. Uh, so well, I was just out in the sun the whole day and then and then by the time I got home, like, yeah, the head was hazy, getting a headache, you know, like just needed to just collapse and sleep, you know, douse myself in cold water and sleep. Uh. But could you could you get that rest? Yeah, after taking a couple of Panadol and all. So. Oh, so you got that, that sunlight yeah, headache, right? Yeah, you know, that haziness that yeah, just settles yeah. like a cloud, like this really heavy fog in your head. Yeah. And you can't think, you can't do a lot, you can't do anything normal, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not exactly painful, but it's like you just can't like function properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the sunlight headache was something that I never realized, but I think it is, I, maybe it's dehydration, maybe it's just from squinting in the sunlight or something, but the headache is real, man. Yeah. yeah. It's only when you get like of a certain age then it sh- that kind of shit happens. Uh. No, I mean, army, I got it. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got heat oh. exhaustion in army before, so. Oh. And they say once you get it once, like, it, you become a bit more susceptible to it. Uh. Is it? Mm, mm. So, but, I mean, it it kind of makes sense when it has to do with your body's ability to regulate heat, uh, the temperature, yeah. right? Uh, maybe your body just becomes worse at it, uh, you know? Uh, the, the senses are numbed a little bit or something, uh. But maybe your body is just susceptible to heat exhaustion. Like, I don't think the first time you get it means it's easier for you to get a second time. I don't know. But that's the uh, that's the word on the street that I've heard about it. Like. The word on the street is also that if you start shaving, the more you shave, mm. the stronger your hair will be. Which I think is absolute oh, bullshit. Like. It just goes in one direction. Like. Yeah. No, as in, you know the thing, right? The more you shave, uh-huh. the thicker your stubs will be. Yeah, because it is all, it's all in one direction, right? Essentially, that's the reason why. Like. No, but you can still shave with that direction, right? Yeah, yeah, no, but I think your hair generally will start growing out. Yeah, in yeah, one direction. direction. Yeah, yeah, that's why it seems like, it becomes like, it feels like it's getting rougher and everything. Yeah, but I think whenever like that happened, I think it was just, yeah, your hair is naturally getting rougher whether you shave shave or not. Oh, is it? But th- you never heard that thing? Don't, mm. don't shave too much uh, because then you will have to shave more often. That it grows more. La. Or shaving is just not part of your, your discussion. No, it la. is, it is, but I'm trying to define exactly what you are. The point you're making about shaving. Yeah, so what I used to hear last time yeah. is like uh, why some people don't shave too much yeah. is because 
you know when you start off your your facial hair is a bit finer, right? Yes, yes. Uh, but I heard that old like old wife's tale or old father's tale or whatever that if you shave it, it will grow back thicker. Yeah. So the more you shave, it will grow back thicker and thicker and thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is absolute nonsense. But it does because it, it's going in the same direction. It does feel coarser and thicker. Like, what do you mean same direction? Because right now your hair just grows in all directions. But when you shave it, it's kind of you're pressing everything down and it's all like being pushed in one direction, right? I don't think so. I think it's like your head hair. Your hair grows in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, even like it's coming out, then your shaving is like combing it. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't think so, though. I thought that's the reason why a stubble feels like a stubble. Is it a stubble? No, but stubble, there's one part where, because it's short hair. Mm-hmm. It's like when you shave your head, yeah. it feels like stubble because all the hairs coming out of your head are short. Yeah, yeah. But the direction of your hair, I think it's fixed. Oh, so it's just the, when you say that it grows out rougher, it's just, it's just that it's just short and feels stubby. Yeah, I think what I heard last time is that the individual hair strands yeah. on your face become yeah. thicker over time the more you shave mm. it. That's a stretch, huh? Yeah. That's even a greater stretch than what I was saying. Uh, right? So you also like the hair come yeah. out any direction. Combs out. Yeah. Then you comb it. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, man. It's like your head hair because there's a certain way your natural parting is, right? Uh-huh. I think it's because the hair follicles are all grow a certain way. Like. I think. Like. I think so. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you can program it. Like, okay, I want to change my natural parting to the other side. You can. You can. Is it? Yeah. But you have that part on your head that is the center part that everything radiates out from. It's, it's, it's changeable. I've changed it myself over the years. Yeah. But you have to, well, like one is more willing than the other. Of course, uh, there is a natural side, but you can change it. Uh, as in, you can push your hair in a direction. Correct, correct. But Am I saying be- something that's like completely <laughs> like news to you? No, right? it won't be as natural as the other side. There is a natural direction. It- yeah, but it's just over time though, you can push it in that direction and it works. I don't know, I think it'll be unwilling unwilling parting. Uh. It's okay. No, but I've literally I'm telling you I've changed my hair parting before. Like. So it's it has it can do it can be done. It can be done. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so maybe I'm not so wrong about the direction thing. Uh. Maybe there no, is no, an no, essence like, of do, direction. Do you think your hair just comes <laughs> out like aimless hair all looking around, then you comb it in one way by shaving? Yeah. I I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no, maybe you need to we need to uh, research that a little bit and yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. It seems like we on. It's like like we had a debate last week about swimming. swimming. So <laughs> did we talk about it on the podcast? Not on the podcast. No, no. All right, Terence, you have to la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a yeah. Just go. As on. an aside, la, Harish and I last week we were having a discussion about how many people don't know how to swim. Yeah, and uh, I think we both made an estimation based on our own understanding of it. Yeah, uh, and what is your percentage of people who think don't know how to swim? At least forty percent. Okay, so mine was closer to twenty. Ah, uh. and we tried to boil down to understand why, and uh. Uh, certain factors came up, uh, like race uh. came up, <laughs> yeah. uh, social economic status obviously came up, and all. Yeah, but we said, oh, maybe we should take it to the audience and ask us. Ask around what percentage of Singaporeans you think can't swim, right? Yeah, because I mean, there isn't a, a study on Singapore. There are global studies. Mm. But I would say, like, if someone could set up a poll or something yeah. on Reddit and try and answer it without doing research first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's it's interesting the type of people you ask mm. uh, and their background and their responses. Because mm, mm, mm. anecdotally, yeah, we have found that, yeah, everyone has different thoughts. Yeah. And and I think from, we, it stems from a discussion about... Uh, Swimming as an essential life skill, right? Yeah. Like, how important is it for it to be taught to children or kids in schools and all that? Yeah, correct. Because yeah, yeah. you were saying that 
it's of course people need to learn it because it's a life skill. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, it was growing up. It was yeah. like you. It's a. It's a. It's a want. It's not a need. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Basically, for you, swimming is like a luxury, like, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas for for me, swimming is like you must learn to survive. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. <laughs> That's why I didn't learn to swim until I was like maybe eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. On my like own, I just had like happened to be staying with someone who had a pool, and every day I just. Try to figure stuff out. Dog like. paddled and then yeah. figure it out. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we thought the wisdom of the, the crowd <laughs> would actually help us here. Maybe yeah. the, but, but maybe the hair combing thing is another thing. Yeah. Right? So the question is, yeah, <laughs> does your hair have a natural direction? Uh? Yeah. Oh, but interesting. Those, are, those are the kinds of things that we, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about. Like. Yeah. General <laughs> knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with the topics for today. Correct. Uh so, I mean, we do have topics, as always. Yeah. This week, we'll probably have more topics because Parliament is sitting today, correct, 5th correct. February. The the Monday episode before Parliament is always a, a funny one. Because uh, yeah. we'll come up with the topics and we'll be digging quite a bit, like, yeah. trying to find. Then by the time we record, then by the time we release, suddenly there's a whole flood of like yeah. news articles about other things that people are talking about. But it's okay. It's okay. I think we will see this as like the Monday, the weekend hangover Easing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easing yeah. you into stuff that maybe like uh, won't be as polarizing as, as the parliament news. La. Correct, correct. But before we jump into that, like what's the one thing that we always want to tell people? Uh, that if you're listening to this or watching us on YouTube, it'd be great, uh, especially if you enjoy it, if you could just tell someone who may not have heard about us, uh, about us, because uh, that's how we grow. We've been growing we are over the past few years. Mm. Uh, it would help if you subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, Apple, just so we can reach uh, as big an audience as possible and, and help grow the podcast and the community. Mm. Mm. And if you want to work with us, yeah, uh, email us at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Y- yeah, because yeah. we are looking for people to work with. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, man. Uh, the first piece of news. Uh, it was something actually someone posted on our Reddit last week, mm. uh, but now it's gathered a bit more steam, a bit more discussion, mm. uh, and it is the news of the first Singaporean or the first person ever to be served a notice of intended designation under the Foreign Interference Law, which was uh, passed last year, mm. uh, also known as the Foreign Interference Countermeasures Act, yeah. FICA. Yeah. So, so I mean, like a. Uh, it's not the most straightforward thing, and mm. we last year we hardly talked about FICA, right? Do we? Uh, I think it was debated like in parliament one session, uh, right? But it was passed. Yeah, as did session. we talk about it? I, I believe we did. Oh, we did. Yeah, because this was uh. 2021. 2021, yeah. yeah. Then, so basically, if I were to just uh, simplify it, it is the powers that are given to the Singapore government to identify based on evidence or whatnot. Mm. that a Singaporean or an organization uh, is a politically significant person. Mm. Uh, which just means that they have, uh, I mean, they are liaising or in touch with foreign political parties mm. and have roles in Singapore that also uh, can be quite influential. Yeah. Right, something yeah. along those lines. Uh. Yeah, politically right. significant. So, yeah, they could be they had, could have significant influence on on people uh, in Singapore. Yeah. 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 So, and, and basically, it is up to the government uh, mm. or even a specific minister. Yeah. In some way, it is similar to POFMA, uh, right? In some ways, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you mentioned that it was debated for a long time. I think when the bill passed, yeah. uh, 75 voted yes, 
11 voted uh, no mm. and 10 abstained around there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all 11 came from the opposition. Yeah. And I think Leong Man Wai were, and, and Pritam Singh were some of the more vocal opponents. Correct. Well, what were they kind of, what were their points of opposition? I think the similar to Pofma, the point was that they fear that this, uh, this uh, act could be overreaching and could be used to silence uh, uh, you know, legit dissenters, you know, locally talking about domestic politics mm. by designating them as, you know, uh, politically significant entities or what that have influence from foreign bodies. La. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Leong Man Wai even made the point of of uh, saying that, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these things that, that happen are, uh, um, he, I think he, he almost characterized them as sometimes they can be jokes that are you know, just taken a bit too far or something, like, right? Mm. So, oh, you uh, mean like statements people make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that can just be, end up being interpreted wrongly or something. Like, mm, mm, mm. And then you don't know whether you are in the, the wrong books of the person. And, and because so much power is invested in the Ministry of Home Affairs to determine uh, de- determine this, right? Yeah. That it's, uh, yeah, they just just worry about overreach of something like that. Lah. Mm. Mm. So so basically, like I think the more legal or official definition is mm. uh is is someone or an organization that has been assessed to have shown susceptibility to being influenced by foreign actors yeah. and a willingness to advance their interests. Mm. Um and I mean once you're designated, you're not arrested or anything. Yeah. You are basically uh, now legally obliged to disclose certain information to the registrar of foreign and political disclosures yearly. Mm. So, for example, if you receive a donation of 10,000 Singapore dollars or more mm. uh, that he uh, or accept, to, um, you have to declare it, like, especially um, uh, any foreign affiliations or from foreign parties that you accept it from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think basically it is just you are a lot more watched, mm-hmm. but you're still free to do what you want, lah. Yeah, you're just more watched. Yeah. Um, and I think as of last year, two NGOs, Think Center and Marua, have been designated as politically significant persons. Mm. Uh, both criticized the designation because their worry is that would it influence the work that they have to do around the region, lah. Mm. Mm. And then there's Peter Chan is the first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but but so when you read, saw this, like when you read it, anything, anything stood out to you? I mean, the timing of this is uh, perfect, right? Uh. Because literally last week there was that all that hoo ha about the TikTok CEO being grilled in Congress, and then subsequently saying that oh, I'm Singaporean, you know, with the fact that he's Singaporean, uh, being almost a direct answer to do you have any affiliations with the CCP, right? Mm, mm. Like saying, like, I'm Singaporean absolves him of any possibility that he could be affiliated with CCP, right? Mm. Um, and a lot of people jumped on that, uh, what the senator was asking as racist or at, at the very least ignorant. Yeah. Um, but I think we made a point in our podcast that actually uh, those two things, uh, I mean, it's not ne- necessarily racist, right? By asking what he asked because there is a possibility that you can be Singaporean, but also be if, like literally be serving the interests of a foreign entity, la, right? Mm. Um, of course, in this case, they don't mention who, but it's quite clear that um, uh, this Philip Chan's leanings are towards uh, Philip Chan's leanings are towards uh, you know his his birthplace Hong Kong mm. and China, because he's written things about China and he's attended 
he's been pictured attending like conferences in China and things like that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think perfect timing uh, for based on based on what we saw last week and the discussions that came out. So you think it's a pure coincidence? Just um, okay, speculation. Yeah. Speculation. Yeah. I think it's a pure coincidence because mm. the first news I think I'm looking, even someone posted it on our Reddit. It was like second Feb. La, it yeah. came out. Yeah. Um the thing with Senator and uh, Cho was earlier than that, I think. Mm. Right. Uh, a day or two earlier. A yeah. day or two earlier. Mm-mm-mm. So, I don't know. Felt a bit like, I, I feel it's a coincidence. La. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, it feels like quite separate issues, all right? Yeah. And I don't know, I, I doubt there's any coordination between what the senators would ask yeah, like- <laughs> and what the Singapore government would release. But uh, I think the timing was, yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of uncanny, right? The timing. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I wonder now all those people, because there were even American YouTubers and TikTokers making fun of that whole debate. No? Yeah. Tom Cotton and like, you know, uh, making fun of it. And even uh, some local creators also and yeah. pointing out, oh, like, it's so racist and all. But now you look at it, I mean, this guy, he has been in Singapore for quite a while, right? Mm. So he was born in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, and, and just to give some context of like what exactly his influence in Singapore is. Mm. So he, he might immigrated to Singapore over 30 years ago, mm. has more than 20 years of experience in the property sector. He's mm. currently the managing director of um, an investment um, a property firm and a chief executive at another property, property firm. He's the founder of the China Link Education Consultancy. Mm. Uh, which basically, according to their description, organizes courses to understand China better. Um, and he is also the president of the Hong Kong Singapore Business Association. He is the president of the Kowloon Club, which helps immigrants integrate into Singapore society. He was a patron of Kampong Chai Chi Citizens Consultative Communi- Committee and the Bukit Timah Community Club Management. Mm. And he was a member of uh, the Singapore... Uh, SPD Resource Mobilization and Partnership Committee. Yeah. So he's he's he does more than I would say your average Singaporean la. Yes. Yeah. And he's been in Singapore for thirty years now. Mm, mm, yeah. By all accounts, mm. sounds pretty Singaporean. Yeah. And uh, did you mention about the articles? Oh no 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 not yet not even yeah. There. Well, uh, what about it? So I mean between April two thousand eleven and twenty nineteen uh, May twenty nineteen he wrote around thirty articles for Lianhe Zapao. Um, and it's a regular column uh, uh, talking about like, you know, uh, in the crossroads section. Mm. And the whole crossroads, crossroads section in Sabao is, and I quote, to facilitate the understanding and integration of new immigrants into our community, fostering mutual understandings, um, understanding among Singaporeans. Mm-hmm. So basically strong links to China. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the tipping point was he was invited to some event uh, last year, mm. I believe. Yeah. Uh, one of thirty delegates, um, around the world who was invited to. Wait, let me find out what exactly the event was. Two sessions, uh, is it? Ah, two sessions. What were the sessions? Uh? Uh, okay, wait. Let, let, yeah. let me let me pull it up. Uh, but basically, yeah, like, uh, in some way, because I know Fika was very hotly contested. Mm. Uh, but in this case, sounds like it is a good thing, lah. Mm. Mm. Right. Uh, but we, 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 I mean, yes, I think so. I, I think in this case, this is what Fika was designed designed to do, like, right? Yeah. Um, and I think in this case, it's almost like it feels almost like uh, there's many. It seems like there are many, many instances 
of uh, this person, you know, uh, you know, uh, having a very clear mm. uh, interest or, or influence on from politics in another country, right? Mm. Um, you know, they list all these instances and even the articles that is written, that tells you very clearly that he's also, he has access to mainstream media, mm. right? To disseminate his views through mainstream media. Somehow or another, he has access, right? Uh, but the funny thing is, like, when you're reading the articles, like, I think, if I'm not wrong, you're quoting from the Today article, right? Uh, yes. CNA or Today, yeah. But when you look at the Straits Times reporting of this thing, they don't really mention or, or really delve into the articles that he wrote for Cao Pao. Right? Oh, Because yeah. <laughs> it's all under our favorite uh, newspaper company, Singapore Press Holdings. Uh, Media Trust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it tells you, like, uh, yeah, like, what, 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 each of them, uh, what each of the publications are choosing to focus on this issue, like, right? Because uh, it seems to me it's not just uh, this Philip, uh, Mr. Philip, who has we are answering to do, but also probably. You mean Peter? Oh, Peter. Is it his name Peter? I it's, uh, oh, Philip Chan. Oh, Philip shit. Chan, yeah, I was referring Chan. to him as Peter the whole time. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, but, it's Philip uh, Chan. Peter, yeah. yeah. Sorry, all Peter Chans out there. But, yeah. This is Philip Chan. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just Philip Chan. Uh. I think we probably got to look into, like, how did he get. Such uh, you know, uh, such access to the mainstream media to be able to write these articles and all that as well, uh. mm. Was there any vetting in place to or anything of or any background checks and things like that, lor? Um, yeah. So there's maybe hopefully something we can get answers from, maybe in parliament or something. We might hear something. I hope. I think that is also part of Ika, right? Like mm. they can uh mandate social media platforms to kind of reveal the identity of mm. the people who create certain content la. Yeah. I don't know how that extends to media publications. Yeah. Um but but I mean you know just now when you said in in this case okay there's clear evidence mm. that he has uh, spent time in Singapore yes he has positions of influence and he also has very strong ties to China la. Mm. Because last year um he participated in the accession of top advisory body Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference mm. or CPPCC. Mm. So basically, it is quite. It's not a policy making organization, but yeah. it is a. It is a organization that engages individuals outside of the party mm. to solicit feedback. So members include Yao Ming, mm. Jackie Chan, wow. Robert Ng. Mm. So basically, people who have influence outside of China. Yeah. who are consulted on issues relating to the the Chinese political parties. Yeah. So, in this case, okay, clear link. I guess the risk, similar like POFMA, mm. if you're talking about fake COVID news or vaccine news, then in that case, POFMA is good. Mm. But, just like the double-edged sword, there is POFMA. If there are instances where maybe someone's links are not that strongly tied, yeah. technically, FICA could be uh, used against them as well. Yeah, like uh, what does foreign funding mean, right? Mm. In this day and age with uh, things like Patreon, online crowdfunding and all that. Just because, you know, if you crowdfund from overseas, doesn't mean you re- you've received foreign funding, right? Mm. That's a question. But also just um, the reality is that, you know, doing business in for a businessman like Philip Chan also, doing business outside of Singapore maybe entails uh, certain things that might not be so conventional compared to what goes on in Singapore, like, right? The the lines between uh, politics and business may not be as clearly drawn as they mm. are in Singapore, like, right? Mm. 
I mean, not not saying that Singapore is like the benchmark for how it should be drawn, how those lines should be drawn. But maybe there are ways of doing business in China that do require you to have close uh, relationships with political bodies. Mm. Uh, so are we sort of self-limiting ourselves by by having such stringent rules for Singaporeans, you know? Mm. To not to not be part of political bodies or have any kind of like uh, link to political entities overseas. Mm. Yeah. So like let's say the Chinese Communist Party wants to fund Yalabad. Yeah. Into yeah. China expansion. Yeah. You know, like, you know, foster the 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 ties between China and India. What yeah. better way, right? Yeah, yeah. Than a podcast with yeah. a Chinese and an Indian. Based out of Singapore. Based yeah. out of Singapore. <laughs> you know, and they tell yeah. us you tell us anything you want. You want like a fucking private jet, the Yalabad jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where we can fly to India, China, do all these podcasts. Yeah. Uh but you'll be tied to the CCP lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh what would you say, Terrence? <laughs> no, then then you have to we have to declare lah. We have to declare we have everything. To declare, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's ultimately if you're running a business, huh. the bottom line is the most important. Huh. But uh, I suppose if you are transparent about some of these things, it's it's uh, there. There's a reason this thing exists. It's not saying that he's a criminal or anything, right? Mm. It's just making sure that because he's politically significant, he has to report his movements. Not say his movements are his. His activity, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And movement of financial stuff around political organizations a lot yeah. more. Yeah, he's basically saying that, okay, we we are watching, like, you know. Mm. You do you, mm. but we are watching. But it also results in, like, all the... Because he's involved in a lot of grassroots activities. And he has right? stepped down, right? Yeah, he's stepped down as well, right? Uh, uh, or maybe, I mean, if you are a grassroots organization, probably you also want to stay away from any possibility of influence. Uh. So if someone is designated a PSP, Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. You probably want to keep away from that as well. Oh, that's true, lah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in some way, like you know, even in finance, if you want to sign up for an investment account with yeah. any of the brokerages, one of the questions is, is any of your family members like working at a trading firm or something? Mm-hmm. Because they are just implications, lah. Yeah. So in this case, I mean, maybe you should try and get him on the podcast because technically he can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't know what he can say, lah. Oh, whether well, he'll be, will he be only speaking Chinese on here? Oh, yeah. Then, so, yeah. then you can understand. They have to translate for you, right? Then you translate, <laughs> huh? Then you translate. Then we, it's really like, um, because, I mean, that's why I guess this thing is, is, at this point, is not causing as much debate as it did while the bill was being passed. Like. Yeah. Because in this case, it's almost uh, super clear that, okay, he kind of um, has ties to China has been writing stuff to, you know, further the mission of China. And has influence in and Singapore. Influence, like. yeah. But then, there's nowhere where there's a very clear statement of the criteria that mm. would result in this, right? And that's the problem. Like. That's the problem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess on one hand, they can't, like, the MHA can't disclose it. Yeah. Uh, because then people will just find ways to circumvent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's where it's scary. Like. Yeah. So that's, that's where I think the debate. Uh, really, fo- what that's why I really focused on. Because uh, yeah. I guess Pritam also was pushing for like an independent council or mm, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So in this case, I mean, yeah. I, I guess the biggest takeaway is the timing, lah. Especially mm, yeah. all the people online who said that, like what you say, like show just saying he's Singaporean already answers the question. Yeah. No, yeah. it does not. Yeah. It does it not does answer not. the question. And this is not even the first case of someone in Singapore who has had ties to a foreign entity, lah. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. So, 
I know on on Yalaba at least one person said, "Oh, can you explain what this what is going on here?" Mm. Uh, hopefully mm. that was that was illuminating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's what you get when with people who have a certain facade, and you know, allegedly might have a certain facade, lah. As you know, covert uh, doing having covert communications with another country and all that. Yeah. But uh, you know, speaking of something, uh, having a facade, mm. something that happened in Hong Kong where people expected one thing, did not get it, and they're furious now, and everyone's clamoring to try and figure out how to solve this PR crisis, mm. And what is this big issue in Hong Kong? Uh, it is the news that over the weekend, uh, Major League Soccer team Inter Miami, mm. all the way from the US, who are doing their Asia tour, mm. uh, they were slated to play a Hong Kong select team. Yeah. Um, and I mean, sales, there was a lot of marketing ahead of it. Uh, MLS was bringing their full squad, which includes players like uh, Sergio Busquets, mm. uh, Luis Suarez, and of course, uh, Lionel Messi. Um, but at the end of the day, when the game ended, uh, neither Luis Suarez or Messi actually played. Yeah. Because of injury. Yeah. And... During the game, the fans already were, you know, booing and calling for a refund. Mm. After the game, there's a video of some guy kicking the head off a cardboard standee of Messi. Mm. I don't know, did mm. you see that video? Uh, no, I've not seen it. Like, no. pretty accurate kick. He just whacked the head off Messi. <laughs> I mean, of course, metaphorically, it's not the nicest thing, you know, yeah. like, kicking the head off. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so people are saying this is, this is bullshit and a lot of fans are pissed off. Mm. The mm. South China Morning Post called the match the greatest letdown of all time. Mm. Um and so far Inter Miami has not responded to no actually they put out a statement but uh for this website CNBC they they have not responded for a comment lah yeah yeah so Terence uh as someone who has a very specific taste when attending live events mm, and concerts mm. yeah what is your take uh? uh my take is that this I thought I thought that this would was just you know fans being fans they'll boo. Uh, but would it, does that mean they'll stop supporting Messi or what? Mm. No, right? So uh, my thought was initially was that there wouldn't be any real repercussions from this. But apparently, as a follow-up, um, the Hong Kong government also said that the match organizers, Tatler Asia, may face a reduction in funding mm. because they funded, they co-funded this event as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because Messi stayed on the bench. So there are real repercussions to this. Like someone... Is gonna get less money because of this whole thing. Somebody gonna get hurt real bad, which actually makes me kind of happy, uh, yeah. that day. <laughs> I mean, I, at first I thought, yeah, uh, it's just some toothless like fans booing or that, but like, seems like Hong Kong government really wants to step in and and, and make an example of Inter Miami uh, for for what happened here. Yeah, because for anyone thinking that, uh, yeah, yeah, like what you say, is fans being fans? The reason why the government wants to step in is because they awarded the event uh, 1.9 million dollars uh, US dollars um, to uh, uh, like a matching grant mm. and a venue grant of about a few like maybe like a if 1 million Hong Kong dollars which is about uh, 100 plus thousand mm. so mm. significant funding but the bigger issue is the tickets right were not cheap no mm. They yeah. were priced between Hong Kong eight hundred and eighty, mm. which and Hong Kong four thousand eight hundred and eighty. Yeah, which yeah. uh, yeah, it is it's expensive lah. That's about one hundred to five hundred USD thereabouts, all right. I believe so. Yeah, but I will do a quick check. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So so it feels like so eight hundred eighty Hong Kong dollars is hundred and fifty yeah. one, and four thousand eight hundred eighty is 
$838. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, you can imagine the marketing. There was a lot of marketing that showed Messi and Suarez. Mm, mm. So, the thing is, they didn't sit out. They were actually sitting on the bench. Yeah. And they were injured. Yeah. Like, legitimately, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, la, I also feel, and some, okay, I won't deny mm. that when I saw Tatler Asia, yeah. this is just, okay, I, I don't have, I mean, any issues about Tatler per se. Mm. Yeah, business, they do things their way. But Tatler Asia behind this, it really feels like, okay, they're going to make it like a very, like, like, like exclusive kind of event. Mm. Uh, and for Messi and Suarez to not play, right? I think, I think the fans have every right to demand. I'll be damn pissed. But at the same time, they're legitimately injured. Like, do you think uh, the Miami can force them to play even though they're injured? I mean, can't force lah. Yeah. Like some people are saying, oh, maybe just get them to run up and down the sidelines and all. Yeah, yeah. But no lah. I mean, these people are not like circus monkeys also, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? I think the best thing would be that uh, both Inter Miami and maybe Inter Miami should bear a lot of the the cost lah, or the repercussions. But you, we we don't know what the contract is, right? Like at the end of the day, it's it's not Messi plus ten players versus Hong Kong Hong Kong select, lah, right? It's Inter Miami versus Hong Kong. Fuck lah, honestly, without <laughs> Messi and Suarez and Busquets. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's there's something to be said about yeah. Even if you bring Messi to Inter Miami, it's not like people give a shit that much about Inter Miami yet, lah. Yeah. You need many years of building up a club reputation and profile and everything before people will, will pay money just to watch a club, lah. Right. Okay, so so if Inter Miami were to come to Singapore, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Messi is gonna play, yeah. how much would you be willing to pay? I mean. Thai la, top dollar la, right yeah. you just to see and why job. because maybe maybe there are people out there who are like oh, yeah it's just football la. why 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 would you pay that much Terrence I think uh, especially for sports there's something different about watching it live and watching how these people move and, and how they they cover space on a pitch you know on TV and everything I'm sure you can see close up you know but you don't see yeah like I remember watching like tennis live uh, for the first time, you know, like uh, one of the Grand Slams or something. Uh, I think it was the US Open. And it just shocked me how fast everything moved. Uh. Whereas on TV, because it's slightly compressed, you see the ball move and you can track it quite easily with your eye. But then when you're sitting there live and watching from, even from a distance and all, the ball will just move so fast and you're like, wow, how do, you can't believe how, how fast these players' reactions times, reaction times are, right? Hmm. And so that's something I think in football also, uh, because of perspective and, and TV camera angles and all that, you don't get a sense of the space that they cover and how much they run and everything as easily. Mm. So it's nice to be able to see like the legends do it in their in their prime in front of you. Mm. So that's what is a very exclusive experience that you that you have to pay to watch. Yeah, and I would say even if Messi comes and he's going to walk around the pitch, kick yeah. a ball, because he's famous for spending the first five, ten minutes of every game just walking around and sussing things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, okay, as much as I'm a Ronaldo fan, yeah. Of course, with some caveats. Like Messi, you can't deny, he is arguably the greatest player to have ever lived. Yeah. Right? To ever play football. And just to see him live, right? He only has a few more years left to play. Yeah. So same, if he comes to Singapore, I will also be willing to pay maybe even more than Coldplay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To just be in the presence of Messi uh, there. La. So if he wasn't to play, 
I would feel fucking pissed off. But you said be in the presence of Messi. He's there, what? No, on around. the beds. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are in his presence. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's like saying you go to a Coldplay concert and Chris Martin is there, but he's sitting he's down. And he's not singing. Huh? And he's not singing. <laughs> then like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Like Messi. So so the thing is now it's interesting. And and I guess, I, I don't know, like maybe this is something that um, uh, football clubs need to think about, especially mm. clubs for like Inter-Miami. Because, I mean, of course, when Inter Miami, uh, Messi went to Inter Miami, generally, MLS was like, oh, they're all happy. There's global attention on it. But there are more than enough accounts from Inter Miami fans who said Messi coming was like the worst thing ever. Why? Because it jacked up the ticket prices. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point that the fans who, you know, they like this club where maybe even amongst the fans, the community was not too big. So it was very mm. communal. The moment Messi came, it became less about the football club, but more about just the phenomenon that is Messi. Mm -hmm. So, and apparently in Hong Kong and China, where Messi is going to go to as well, a lot of fans are shitting on Messi. Mm -hmm. uh, saying that, oh, yeah, this is just like, why are Beckham is just milking money? And like, then it becomes like an exhibition rather than just uh, spreading the, the, the message of football. La. But it is an exhibition. Uh, it is. is. And it is about bringing... Like the name of Inter Miami. Like, if Messi wasn't playing Inter Miami, no one gives a shit. Uh. Do you think they would have even made a Hong Kong tour happen? Like, no way. They might, if they're, they're lucky, they even tour the US itself, like, right? So it's, I mean, in some way, it's a revenue generating thing, like, right? Yeah, Confirm, yeah, yeah. Right, for right, sure, for sure. And then, and, and I think this discussion of like, um, to what extent must pro athletes uh, stretch themselves to satisfy fans' desires? Uh, there's also a very big debate happening in the basketball world now. Because this year, just this year in the NBA, they've designated that uh, to qualify for all the season awards and all that, like, right? MVP la, or, or top defender or whatever, the defensive player of the year and things like that. You have to have played a minimum of 65 games out of the 82-game season. Is it? Which is, comes out to about 80%, la, roughly. So there's a whole big thing going on now where last year's MVP is now injured because he played while injured. You know, he hobbled around and then someone fell on him and he got even more injured. And so oh, the rule was in place last year. No, no, it started this year. Oh, it started this year. So there's a lot of players and it seems to be mostly the players who got injured in recent years, like, right? got a lot of injuries in recent years, who are very unhappy with this new rule, like, right? Oh. And that rule, as much as it just sounds all oh, just a watering, but that 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 has a bite because if, uh, I mean, it's a bit of technicality, if you don't play enough games, you don't get to qualify for the selection into the all-NBA team, oh. which also, uh, it caps the amount of that you can be offered in your contract negotiations with your team. Oh. Like there's something called Supermax that the team can offer you if you are considered an all-NBA player. La. So those players who are, you know, trying to negotiate new contracts but unable to hit that, that Supermax uh, clause, that means play that 80% of the games, then they won't get to the, the extra, I think it's like 5% or something on oh. the salary. Like. So that's a lot of money when you talk about the uh, you know the amount of money that they are signing these contracts for, like hundreds of millions, like, you know. So, yeah, there's this big debate about, yeah, how much should we be forcing players to stretch themselves just to get awards, get bonuses, and, and you know, please the fans. Uh? Because mm. this was, uh, I think it was also a direct backlash to the fact that teams were letting their stars sit out of games uh, oh. during the regular season to rest them for oh. like, the playoffs and everything, which pissed a lot of people off. Of course, it was the exact same issue. Like, I pay money you know, to come and watch this basketball game 
and you don't mention at all like that this player is not sitting out this game. I come and then he's just wearing street clothes and sitting on the court. Oh. So I think that's another thing about this thing. Do you think it would have been mitigated if, let's say, they were just very upfront that Messi wasn't going to play? That, uh, you know, like either at the start of the tour or something like that, they just made clear Messi's injured, he can't but play. I thought the injury was confirmed only like last week. They said, yeah, on the day itself, apparently, on yeah. the Sunday afternoon. I mean, even give them benefit of the doubt, maybe like the week before. Yeah. What can they do? Exactly, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but that's at least you manage expectations. Uh. The thing here is that it seems like they tried to just keep quiet about it. Oh, so all that, the way through the match. Oh, even, even when people were yeah. thinking, oh, he's going to come. He's, he's wearing street clothes, but people were like, oh, he could change out of it. No, he was change. wearing the Inter Miami. Oh, he was wearing the game. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah okay, he wasn't yeah. wearing street clothes. Okay, okay. Uh, but, but he was sitting on the bench. La. But he was still like training on Saturday and everything oh, yeah. in, the, in the stadium and all. So maybe what needed to have happened was maybe like if they knew in the afternoon already, they might, if they had if at least just announced it, la, right, that this was happening. Mm. Um, I don't know. Do you think that would have been better? I think it would have been better. Maybe, like, people would have been... The anger would have been a bit more stretched out. Yeah, like. yeah, stretched out. And and maybe it's also... Because this is, like, almost a new thing for football. Because basketball... Would you say that basketball is almost... There's a, a lot more individuality in basketball than football. Yeah. There <clears> is, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the star power, I guess, has more leverage there. Football, I think, with the rise of the the MLS clubs that have these world superstars or like the Middle Eastern clubs, it is now becoming an issue, la. Yeah. So yeah. this is almost like uncharted territory for football. Yeah. Because, oh, I don't know how it is in the US, but you mean there's no expectation that if you go there, you might not see your stars play, which is why I guess the rule was enforced, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was precisely in the it, it, there's this term that has become quite ugly. It's called load management. Oh. That they used to justify why certain players sit out of games and things like I that. I mean, like. that's a very real thing, right? Even in football, it happens. Um, when you stars rest the are player. rested. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess football is, a, like, like what you say, like, it's much more it's team a sport, team sport, la. La, right? The, if you support a team, you know, even if the one star doesn't play, like, there's still, like, a lot of the team, the rest of the team to, to bank on. La. But, I think football as a whole, especially in the last decade, you know, with players moving to China mm. or now Saudi Arabia. Yeah, right? Shit tons of money. Shit tons of money but playing in front of hundreds of people in yeah. Max, you know. It shows you the imbalance. Uh, there's like one star player and the rest of the team's like, who's the rest of the team? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then when those things, those circuses start traveling around the world and marketing themselves, it's like, oh, come and watch. Uh, what was Ronaldo's team called? Uh? Al Nasser. Yeah, uh, like, come and watch Al Nasser play. Yeah. You're not there to watch Al Nasser. You're there to watch Ronaldo. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think that's the difference. Whereas when like you tell me, oh Liverpool or Tottenham or whatever is coming to play, mm. like even if like the stars are not there, they're not playing, the rest of the team is still pretty fucking good. And you, if someone, it, you you kind of know each of the players if you watch football re- pretty regularly, yeah, yeah. So I think that that if you really look at it a bit more, yeah, I mean football today as a product, uh, people it's a much more uh, people are starting to expect those individual stars mm. to feature in every match, lah. Yeah. Mm. And and I guess probably even with NBA prices, NBA, uh, the prices of tickets are getting higher and higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I guess, you know, like how you pay something for more, you expect more. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, If it's not too expensive, you go there, it's almost a bonus. But especially for this, it was being sold at 150 to $840. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think that the tickets for Japan, because they are going to Japan also, mm. was up to like, like a few thousand maybe mm, mm. yeah so 
So I mean, there's no there's no details yet about like what exactly is going to happen. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at the poster and yeah lah, Messi is literally the biggest person in the the Hong Kong team versus Inter Miami CF lah. Yeah. Um. So so yeah lah, interesting because this is like a a first a first time at least in Asia that this is happening. Mm, mm. Uh, that this sort of stuff I mean interesting you think they'll refund no the bigger question is like will the Japan Japanese fans will there be like you know people oh. trying to sell tickets now because they think that oh. Messi's not going to play yeah oh but yeah they probably will be yeah now that there's, with this backlash there maybe they will force Messi to to play somehow like what you said <laughs> come on for five minutes play goalie yeah, play goalie <laughs> something uh. because like it's such a such an embarrassing backlash, right? For even David Beckham were boot and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it just makes like Inter Miami seem like a money money machine. La. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, on the flip side, you could say that they protect their players. Uh, you know, they take care of their players and everything. Oh, oh I, I, I thought, okay, maybe another way, la, right, is that you, rather than guarantee that Messi will play a match, la, right? Maybe, uh, yeah, he need, he just needs to be more involved in those three days or more fan involvement as in like you know having would you care I mean if, if there's enough of Messi around in all these other days already you know like going to you like Messi because of his personality yeah yeah go to a primary school maybe Fuck he'll do la. something like Ronaldo does in Singapore like when Ronaldo comes to Singapore he doesn't play matches right? he goes to the primary school gives a talk and things like that yeah right? but for people who pay tickets you think I give a shit what Messi does true, in primary school true, true. so so I'm saying that maybe that ticket gives you that that you know exclusive access to more events but then his contract right? probably I never signed up to go probably, to primary yeah. schools yeah 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 so so, so I guess that's the problem with having a star then so Beckham, la. Beckham from the sideline like, fuck it yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, get yeah. Messi they get me yeah, yeah. then you change and go and play you know yeah exactly so I I, I think like that because it's a bit more like a traveling circus kind of really. They kind of got to to yeah, have have things to mitigate those the real problems when players are injured and all that. Yeah, but I just I don't like the way football is going like this. Eh? Why? All these teams where they're just throwing money to bring a superstar in and it really becomes like that's one thing that I never liked about the NBA. Mm, mm. You know, it's always about the individual. Uh and I never liked that, but now football is at least outside of the major leagues, it's really becoming like that. Lah. Uh, I don't like it. Wait, are you conflating your criticism of the sport of basketball with the NBA or what? saying uh, that basketball is an individual sport? No, 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 nothing to do with basketball as a sport. Uh, I think just, I mean, it's not even just basketball. Now the 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 cult of the individual yeah, across yeah. everything, sports and companies uh, and all that, it's just becoming a bit much. Mm. Uh, and I think football, I've always loved it because, yeah, you will always have star players but the team is what matters most. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now you're getting these clubs where it's just like, this club is shit, uh, but they have a star there and mm. it's just like ruins it. Then you should be fucking happy about Manchester United now. They got it's no the, stars. <laughs> their stars are, all, stars are all like below 21 years old. Yeah. And uh, they're the antithesis of like the Ronaldo era, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like one star player. In fact, the only people performing well are the young people. Yeah. All the so-called like somewhat stars are just jack shit. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Harry, they just won 3-0 last night. Yeah, and Harry Maguire is, you know, mainstay in the club again. You know? Yeah, but he made one big mistake yesterday. Almost resulted in a goal. Almost, almost. But, but I mean, but, the point is that, yeah, they are the antithesis of the the whole star player and he's nice game. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. he's nice yeah so so yeah like um, interesting to see how this plays out 
Mm. So would you have like if if Coldplay if Chris Martin had sore throat or something like that, and then he he can't sing certain songs, so he say okay, can the audience sing for me instead? You know, would you be happy with that? I mean, the whole concert he don't sing. No, no, he sings for the songs that are okay lah. But then when he has to hit those extra high notes. Then he like holds out the mic to the audience. How would you feel about I that? mean, if he does it once or <laughs> twice, it's okay. He did that uh, once or twice, but if it's a half the fucking concert, mm. I'm like, dude, way back when Michael Jackson came in 93 or something, yeah, yeah. the first day he performed, second day he was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we all had to come back a few days later. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, okay, la, like, I can't remember people, I mean, people were pissed. You know? I loved it because I got to skip school again. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, la, like, uh, I, I think right now, I don't know when like Justin Bieber cancel his tour, people will refund that, right? Probably, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like, in this case, oh, don't know. Eh? Don't know. Eh? I yeah. it's it's yeah, well, I don't think we should be forcing players to play while yeah. injured, you know. But you know, you have to find ways around like you do a club tour and then your star player doesn't play. And like to be fair with Tatler also, I don't think they can refund. Yeah, there was there was a match, right? As promised. There was yeah. a match. And Just to refund it would probably like destroy their company. But now, yeah, the government cutting funding for the whole but thing. But cutting funding, at least it's... I don't know. Like, the ticket sales sounds like there were 40,000 people. No? Oh, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. They did. So they did there's no sense. way they can refund. If you refund what? The people who paid a bit more, then you kind of fuck, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, if anything, to come back again. Like, yeah. Get them to come back again. And if yeah, you bought maybe. a ticket, you buy. You can buy it at a cheaper price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll yeah. be one thing. We solved it. We solved it for Messi. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, but... Yeah, like, uh, we'll see how that plays out. We'll see, we'll see. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. And well, what is your one short comment? Um, my, oh, wait, uh, let, let me, let me, uh, pull it up to, yeah. oh, so it was a comment on the latest podcast on Reddit, hmm. episode 488 about the TikTok CEO, hmm. uh, show, uh, being grilled by, uh, Tom Cotton. So, commenter KCPLSKY Kapliski um, just pointed out something that I thought was an interesting thought. Um, I mean, they wrote a long post Mm. and they also kind of like echoed what we were saying about how Tom Cotton's questions were not necessarily racist. Mm. Um, But he did point out that like one possible reason why Tom Cotton could be suspicious of show is that he has a lack of a Singlish accent. Mm. Uh, Which... I don't know, man. Like, uh, <laughs> you they even say maybe in future responses you should throw in a bit more English. Yeah. Just to really sound like, but I don't think that would change things. Mm. And mm. I also don't think, I mean, some of my own friends, they've been Singaporean, like, born and bred, but they don't have the most Singaporean accent. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I just thought it was an interesting thought that I never thought of before. So, mm. so cheers to your very long and well thought out comment. Casey Plisky. Kapliski. Yeah. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, from the same podcast also. I mm. read it. Uh, from Kali Wali Habibi. There's grounds for confusion if entities use Singapore in their names. I think there was a discussion about the Singapore repertory or Singapore Theatre Company, right? Using mm. that name. Um, so there's grounds for confusion if they are not rep- officially or deemed to be representing Singapore as people. An example would be Bank of Singapore. It's a wholly owned private banking arm, OCBC Bank, but some think that it's the central bank of Singapore, like Bank of Japan. So that was a good point. Like, I, I totally forgot about that. Uh, the naming of uh, OCBC's uh, private banking arm as Bank of Singapore mm. a number of years ago. 
Uh, I remember, yeah, back then there was uh, a little bit of debate about, hey, how come they can call it Bank of Bank Singapore? Because it sounds like something official, right? Mm. And um, the funny thing was that it was, I think they acquired the Asia operations of ING Bank, the private private banking arm or something like that. Uh, but yeah, they just threw all that branding out the window and just like decided, okay, Bank of Singapore, mm. which apparently was an old name that was discon- discontinued or something that they brought back. Mm. So it was actually something from the past and not something brand new that they just created either. La. So did it stay on as Bank of Singapore? Yeah, I think it stayed on, yeah. Oh. yeah still Bank of Singapore. See. But you don't hear much of it because it's only, yeah. yeah, it's a private banking arm. La. Yeah. I'll see. Not, not available for us, us plebeians. Plebeians. Yep. Cool, man. <sighs> All right, what about your one shook thing? Uh, my one shook thing is... Uh, oh, yeah. uh, it's the very interesting video of Casey Neistat uh, reviewing the Apple Vision Pro. Incidentally, that's my one shot thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, right. but go, on, go on, go on, go on. Uh, it's called the thing, oh, sorry, the one thing that no one will say about Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. Uh, it's got 3.6 million views after being posted for a day. Yeah. I just found it hilarious yeah, when just yeah. watching it. Like, yeah. I, I think he intended it for it to be funny, but you just trust Casey Neistat just do something that like... And why? Why was it hilarious? Because he, I mean, rather than just sit down in front of the camera and just review the Apple Vision Pro, in, you know, being used in his living room or what, he just wore it and just went around New York City, <laughs> was skateboarding with it, was taking a subway with it and just filming it, people's reactions to him doing that lah. And that reminded me a lot of us, like last time on the street when we yeah. do all these street pranks and all these things. Yeah. Uh, but he still made some good points about the the Apple Vision Pro and, and what what it means for the future of computing. So yeah, I thought it was a just a return to form for Casey Neistat. Yeah, it's fucking like it's such a simple idea. Yeah. But the way he did it, because one big thing about the Vision Pro, unlike say Oculus Rift or something, yeah. is you can wear it and see the world yeah. with overlays, la, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the point he was making, which he said at that point in time, no other reviewer had done. I mean, he gave props to MKBHD, yeah. which his video has 20 million views already. Yeah. But that was a very technical breakdown, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah. Uh, but Casey Nasset said the most beautiful thing for him was that he was sitting at Times Square yeah. and he was having a video of Mr. Beast playing yeah. along with his desktop. Yeah. And he said that's when it clicked la, that the power of the Vision Pro is not sitting at home and doing all this. It's being in the outside world yeah. and doing it. La. I just found it funny how he was watching Mr. Beast videos <laughs> of all things. And there's the most random clips like just standing there as the train doors opening. And then replying like, the message. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but yeah, like just... there's oh, He's really a master of YouTube. And I think... Everybody who's had some interest in the Vision Pro yeah. should watch it. La, because, yeah, like what you say, it's written to form for Casey Neistat. La. Yeah, it was not funny. Yeah. Fucking yeah. great. It was great. But so that was your one shot thing. Yeah, my one shot thing. Okay, then we have a combined one shot thing. Combined one shot yeah. thing, man. Uh, but yeah, cool. uh, that's all we have for today. Yeah, I'm sure the next few episodes will be interesting given what is unfolding in Parliament. Yeah, I'm seeing it already and it's like interesting. Uh, yes. No, is it? Yeah. All right, cool, man. So until then, yes. if you enjoyed the podcast, please share the love. Leave us a review on Spotify. I think we are at 1.1K reviews on Spotify, mm. rating 4.8. Yeah. Um, on uh, Apple, join our subreddit, follow us on social media. And if you want to work with us, what should you do, Terrence? Email contact at ministryoffunny.com. Sweet. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.